1: 606 it's a Thursday and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Gonna be a busy one today. A representative coming on from the state of Wyoming, the gentleman who wrote the bill regarding guns in the state where he believes that you should be able to conceal carry if you got a permit to do so into anywhere pretty much uh, in state buildings. Uh, private residence, private business, that would be something different, but if it's a government building and that includes library schools, you know, city hall, stuff like that, you should be allowed to carry in. He's on this morning. I believe the eight o'clock hour, Governor Gordon comes on. He's got a few things he'd like to discuss with you. First up though, right now Medicaid expansion is again making its way through the Wyoming House and Senate. It's getting through the committees and getting close to being on the floor again. Now, every time this happens, there's various studies, always throw that up in air quotes, that come out that show that it's wonderful what's happened with Medicare expansion or Medicaid expansion in in surrounding states and that doctors and hospitals are all in favor of it. Well... A good idea, then, is just to ask some of these doctors and hospitals what they really think. So, from Gillette, Wyoming, Dr. John Mansell is on the line with me. Morning, John.
2: Hey, good morning, Glenn. Hey, I'd rather talk about the gun-carrying bill, because that would be more fun than (laughs) the one we have to talk about.
1: Well, it would certainly keep you right now. People are trying to wake up. And so a Medicaid expansion discussion doesn't exactly do that. But here they come again, John. They're trying to get this passed.
2: Well, you know, the nice thing is, if Medicaid expansion was a car, they'd say it gets a thousand miles to the gallon.
1: Oh, sure. I mean,
2: that's because they claim all the things it does, and um, the problem is, is that the evidence points to the contrary. Uh, Medicaid the the core problem with Medicaid is that it doesn't pay enough to cover the cost of the care, and most providers in the state, like myself, still see Medicaid patients because we want to take care of people and. We've always considered Medicaid to be a safety net program we support, but when you make it too big, you get to a point where um, you can't cover the cost of taking care of so many people as a fraction of the people you care for. You just can't. You can't cover your own office rent, staff. You got to pay your staff. Then you have to pay malpractice. There are expenses to, to uh, running a clinic and operating in healthcare. And when you get past that tipping point, what has happened across the state is that. Um, clinics and uh, providers have to start rationing how much they can accept simply because they go in the red if they try uh, to extend that. And the best way to look at that for facilities is to look at the homeless population in big cities. Many of those people have uh, uh, mental illness problems, and the reason that they're on the street in many cases is because Medicaid doesn't pay enough to cover the cost of psychiatric care. They're not enough facilities because it, it just doesn't cover the cost of running a psychiatric facility. And that's even mirrored in Wyoming where they're discussing special assessments to support the psychiatric hospital in the state because Medicaid and Medicare don't pay enough to cover the cost of operating our own hospital. So why they think that adding more what we would call negative margin um, uh, healthcare quote unquote coverage to fix the problem of access is just mystifying to the average provider Uh, In Campbell County, where I I sit as a trustee and I poll them to see what do they want me to say when I come to the legislature, it's virtually unanimous people are against it because they don't see it's going to actually help Wyoming.
1: What about those who are trying to put something in the bill like they did the past couple of years that says if the federal government can't keep up its end of the bargain, which they haven't in other states, then Wyoming has an opt-out, will be able to walk away?
2: I'm I'm not going to claim to be a lawyer or a legislator, but from my understanding, um, that has been attempted in other states. And once again, uh, the historical evidence points against that because no state has successfully managed to get out from under the Medicaid expansion
1: obligation yet. So... Let's take a look at then why they would like, those who want to expand it, want to expand it. Sounds to me like it's been a huge promise of a massive dump of money. Isn't that just free money to us?
2: Well, no. Um, I don't know if you noticed in the news last week, uh, one uh, congressman in the Republican Party uh, admitted that we might be looking at defaulting on the national day as early as June. And we're up to over $31 trillion. So there will be a point in time where this free money will stop simply because the feds can change their mind and modify the program. To this point, they've been able to support it because the feds can print money. Uh, Last I checked, Wyoming cannot print money. And so uh, it's not really free money. The other thing to consider is for every million dollars that we spend in Medicaid in the state, because Medicaid on average only, only pays about 86 cents on the cost dollar, we actually lose $140,000 out of the healthcare infrastructure. So if they give us, I don't know, 100 or $200 million, then you're looking at the healthcare infrastructure being shoplifted for $28 million, which is money that we can't use to build new buildings. It's money that we can't use to hire more providers. So when the Medicaid expansion proponents say, Oh, we're going to add 19,000 people under the coverage roles. We can't add clinic space for providers to take care of those people because we don't get enough reimbursement for Medicaid to actually expand to cover those people, which is the other tragic problem is that the people who are on the existing Medicaid, which virtually every provider I know supports because it's a safety net for some people who've been dealt a terrible hand in life. um, They now have to compete with a larger group of people and because we don't have the ability to expand resources to take care of them, it actually makes it worse for the people who are on the existing Medicaid program.
1: So for those people who just take a look at a bunch of money that the feds would dump on us, they haven't been then looking at what is going to cost the state of Wyoming, or for that matter, they love to point to states like Montana and some other surrounding states. It's done wonderful for those states, but hasn't it also come at a high cost to those surrounding states?
2: Well, um, year before last, uh, we lost more rural hospitals in the United States that went out of business than any previous year. I think uh, year before last, it was 20 hospitals, and the previous record had been 17 hospitals. And the claim from the Medicaid expansion proponents is, oh, Medicaid expansion will keep hospitals from going out of business. And yet, I think all of those 20 hospitals were in Medicaid expansion states. (laughs) So as an outcome, that wasn't exactly accurate. The other thing to consider is is what if it cost the state of Wyoming nothing? Let's just just have a thought experiment for a second. If Medicaid expansion cost the state of uh, Wyoming nothing, but it still cost the healthcare infrastructure a negative 14% margin, would we want to do it if we knew that we're allowing the feds to shoplift healthcare in Wyoming? I don't think we would. I think there are other ways that not only cost the government nothing, state or federal, uh, but they also don't involve us shoplifting from our own state's health infrastructure.
1: Hasn't Medicaid expansion taken over some of the budgets of states that have expanded it?
2: It has been a runaway problem for some other states, and it stressed them. Uh, the, the last example I can remember off the top of my head was Ohio's state Medicaid budget was now 38% of their total budget. And that money had to come out of their their transportation, their law enforcement, and their education budgets. And what I find interesting is the other departments are not being asked about this in the state of Wyoming. if they knew that they might have their budget shrunk because Medicaid expansion really is not under state control once you press the go button, I would think that these other departments would be railing against it because they would actually start shrinking, at least fiscally, once Medicaid expansion runs out of control.
1: Right. And I see it greatly expanding the bureaucracy, not just for the state but local governments, hospitals, and maybe even your own office there in Gillette?
3: Well, the one of the estimates
2: that the Department of Health published is that uh, Medicaid expansion would add 2,000 more jobs to the state of Wyoming, but the 2,000 jobs were all people in the Department of Health. Now, the irony is that if you added 2,000 jobs to the Department of Health, that's about the same amount of money that the hospital's have said they lose a year in uncompensated care. So it'd actually be cheaper, instead of hiring 2,000 new uh, state employees, to just have a direct hospital uh, aid fund where we help them every year and uh, be about $120 million. Uh, but it would be one that would be completely under state control and they could sunset it if they needed to, or they could modify the rules to get the hospitals to be more efficient. But it wouldn't involve a runaway train of a program, which is what
1: Medicaid expansion would be. I'm talking with Dr. John Mansell from Gillette, Wyoming. You're heading down to Cheyenne to testify today. Where is the bill right now for expansion?
2: I believe it's still in committee and hasn't made it out before because it's a budget session. Um, Typically, they have to get two-thirds of the house before it can be considered as a non-budget item unless they're trying to sneak it in as a budgetary amendment. Yeah, I
1: think this year actually might be a regular legislative session. I get the two mixed up sometimes. Oh, is it? I think it is. Yeah,
2: Yeah. obviously I'm not a legislator, a lobbyist, or a lawyer. So. Right.
1: Okay. So, but they're still wrapped up in committee and trying to get it out of there. Yes, sir. Okay. When are you testifying today?
2: Uh, Sometime this morning. I think that the um legislative hearing starts at 8
1: a.m. Okay. All right. Give us an update on what happens. I'd like to know. People can watch that, by the way. It's really easy to watch all of these sessions. So if they want to find out what meeting that, when is that meeting? Do you know uh, where or what committee that's in front of, so they can look it up.
2: I am. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I'm not sure the name okay. of that committee. I don't know if it's the House Revenue Committee or if it's House Labor. Okay. Um, and I'm completely comfortable. With no one watches it, although they should. <laughs> they informed as voters because I have a face made for radios. So.
1: Okay. Well, that's so do I. that's why I do this business All right, John, thanks for coming on this morning. appreciate it thanks right, six seventeen wake up Wyoming sometimes the best way
0: to hear the morning paper or the five o'clock news you need wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods mornings on K2 radio.
1: Six twenty is the time it's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. All right, so Dr. John Mansell's heading on down to Cheyenne, Wyoming to testify against Medicaid expansion for the state of Wyoming. This has got to be like a dozen or thirteen times or something that they this bill has been proposed for the state of Wyoming and in each and every case it's been shot down. But what I think the proponents of it, they they see the free money, but they I don't think ever see the rest of it or the damage it's done to surrounding states that have picked up Medicaid expansion because it hasn't been good for them. So several articles have been written about it from this show, and uh, Dr. Mansell's talked about that several times on this program, so he'll be testifying later this morning. But those people who want, and I've read some articles from them, those people who want expansion, all they see is the big dump of money. If somebody shows up and offered you just a massive pile of money, With a whole bunch of strings attached, you probably would, especially if it was tens of millions of dollars, you would probably find excuses to take the tens of millions of dollars and ignore all the strings attached and any bad consequences that might come with it because tens of millions of dollars. I think that's what they just simply don't want to say. So let's see what his testimony does uh, later on this morning 7:20. representative jeremy uh, haroldson sponsor of house bill 105 to repeal gun-free zones a bill that would repeal most gun-free zones for people who can legally carry concealed weapons Hold on because I got an update on that story from the. US. Supreme Court. Now Governor Mark Gordon from uh, let's see eight to eight thirty will be on this program here. He really, He cannot comment on what's happening in the legislative session. That's actually a constitutional issue here in the state of Wyoming. While the House and Senate are in session, the Governor needs to zip it. and so he does. When the session's over and he's starting to sign bills and veto bills, now he can make comment on it. So he wants to talk about some other things and he wants to mainly bring up what he talked about during his State of the State address, highlighting multiple fronts where he thinks Wyoming has opportunity for growth and so on. So that's what he wants to talk to you guys about. We'll pick that up at, again, 8 o'clock, For he's on for about a half hour. I-80, John, Granite Canyon, and feds have no money. All the money comes from taxpayers and borrowing from China. Well, you see, there's the thing, that, and that's part of what Dr. Mansell brought up. That's a, a big part of it. So the government's promising all of this money for things like Medicaid expansion. Where exactly do they get this money? We just hit our debt limit yet again. I am exhausted over the years of reporting on, yet again, we've hit our debt limit. Yet again, your federal government is gonna raise the debt limit. Some people have even suggested, let's just not have one so we can just borrow whenever we wanna borrow, no limit. Do you have a credit card? It has a limit for a reason, and yet they just continue to borrow. And the the amount of debt that we're into at this point, we're right on the cusp of not being able to afford the interest on the debt as it is. So there's no way that we, I keep hearing the word sustainable thrown around today. This is not sustainable. We cannot keep doing this. And yet your government, and I'm blaming both parties for this, continue to find ways to spend more and more. So those who are thinking that the government is just going to hand the state of Wyoming a whole bunch of money for Medicaid expansion and they will continue to have that money just to hand to us and all the other states. Where exactly is that supposed to come from? It doesn't exist. The debt is important to what we're able to do in the future as a nation We just can't continue to do this. We do not have unlimited funds and we're borrowing against future generations, which is why there's a bit that I play for you on occasion where there's a guy who goes to the bank and wants his debt limit increased so he can continue borrowing money so he can live a much larger life than he can afford. And the bank's not gonna loan him the money until the bank finds out that he has a daughter. Well, he can just go ahead and dump that debt on his daughter, who is like five years old. She signs a contract with a crayon in this video. With the idea being that, oh, don't worry, dad can spend to oblivion because the daughter and maybe her kids will go ahead and have to pay that off that's what we're doing to future generations all of the things those people who want a medicaid expansion now for the state of wyoming they don't want to have to pay for anything now or at all for that matter they want that debt to be dumped on their kids their grandkids their great grandkids those are the people who are going to end up paying the bill for the free stuff that we got today. Now that's a really crappy thing to do to future generations. To, wouldn't you like it when you die, if you have kids, that the kids get some kind of an inheritance? You did well enough that you had money left over, so when you died, they picked up the inheritance. Or would you rather that when you died, Your kids suddenly found out that you were massively in debt, and they're going to have to pay your bills. Well, thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. That's essentially what we're doing. Well, not just essentially. That is what we're doing here in America and in many states. And it's not just our politicians, but even a lot of people that I talk to, both on the Democrat and Republican end, who continue to talk about borrowing money and getting free money from the government, you're talking about saddling future generations with massive debt. When we're gone, they're going to have this huge bill to pay. And the nice, comfortable life that you enjoyed, they're not going to be able to enjoy any such lifestyle at all. Their life is really going to be crappy because of the debt that we saddled them with. Now, that is what's happening right now. In fact, right now, as I'm talking about this, your Congress is getting together and trying to figure out what to do with the debt limit. And the Democrat, again, I blame both parties for the debt, but the Democrats are even upset that the Republicans are more than happy to sign on to raising the debt limit, providing actual cuts are made not the fake cuts that Biden says oh I cut the budget by over a trillion dollars flat out a delusional lie actual real live cuts made and then the Republicans say they'll go ahead and sign the debt increase now I'm still not in favor of signing the debt increase no matter what well and the idea Janet Yellen saying well we can go ahead and prioritize and just spend on what we need to but we can't let america default how about just spend a hell of a lot less and you don't have to worry about that how about that coming up on 630 local news coming your way right after the local news update on your weather forecast and you and i get back into it again 888-97 the phone number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S oh I do have a story on the supreme court and gun control That has to do with our guest coming up with a piece of legislation on your rights to own a gun and where you can carry it in the state of Wyoming. That's coming up later this morning as well. Wake up, Wyoming. Morning, Fractions coffee, between sarcasm, President Joe Biden weirdness. and House Republicans up, raising Wyoming alarms with about where the Woods U.S. can Sidestep Radio. a potential economic crisis. Now remember, the potential economic crisis was created by your government. So it's not somebody else's fault here other than the the people that we've elected, and again, both parties and the bureaucrats. We can't afford to be doing what we're doing. That's why you hear me speaking out against things like Medicaid expansion, grant money that comes from the federal government. We don't have that money. Putting in charging stations all over the country for electric vehicles, we don't have the money. Yet they just keep finding new ways to spend it. Treasury Department projects the federal government will be on sometime this afternoon, reach its legal borrowing capacity. You sitting down, you got a cup of coffee in your hand, put it down for a moment. Hang on to something. Federal government's legal Borrowing capacity of $38.381 trillion. Yeah, that's its borrowing capacity. $38.381 trillion. An artificially imposed cap that lawmakers have increased roughly 80 times since 1960. Every time we hit the debt limit, they just raise it. Markets for remaining calm as the government can temporarily rely on accounting tweaks to stay open, meaning that any threats to the economy are several months away. Even many worrying analysts assume there's going to be some kind of a deal. story says, but this particular moment seems to be fraught than uh, as past brushes with the dead limit because of a broad difference between Biden and Speaker McCarthy those differences, the risk that the government could default on its obligations for political reasons, a problem that could rattle financial markets. Hang on, this is what I meant by this is AP News, watch out. Well, we could end up defaulting for political reasons. No, not for political reasons. Because your government, what McCarthy's talking about is your government, your House and Senate and your president can't seem to figure out how to spend less money, how to cut the budget. That's not political reasons. It's just a matter of spend less. That's why. Of course, AP News would get it wrong.
4: With all economic factors indicating the U.S. is heading for a prolonged recession, some experts are suggesting that the government should stop dumping all of our money into an enormous hole. Is it time to close the national money hole? Uh,
5: That kind of talk is is alarmist and irresponsible.
4: America needs the
0: money hole.
5: Driving truckloads of money out into the New Mexico desert and dumping it into a massive pit is one of America's greatest traditions. It's Frankly, it's a national treasure. No reasonable
4: person is advocating that we are going to stop destroying money. But the American people earn that money have the right to decide how it should be destroyed. So you are in favor of personal money holes. Yes, people should be able to dump money into a hole in their backyard or flush it down the toilet. Let the free market decide the most efficient way of destroying money. My father worked two jobs so he'd have money to put in the money hole and he'd never
6: complain. You can't
5: depend on private money holes to destroy that money. Duncan's right. I mean, some of this money could blow away. Some of it may not be correctly buried. I mean, there's too many variables. The government
4: pours gasoline into the money hole and lights it on fire to make sure all the money is destroyed. I it's love just, the money it,
5: fire. It's just like they say, you have to throw money in a hole and set it on fire to make money.
4: Okay, but find the cheapest way to destroy that money, like shredding it up and feeding it to holes. Tell that to the, the digger, digger jobs,
5: who's worked the every, graveyard shift for 20 years. Digging the hole is all he knows. The sheer number of shovelers that it takes to maintain but that hole. But if we're talking about closing holes, I mean, what about the soldier hole? How about, how about the energy hole? I mean, I can't believe that closing the money hole is even on the table. Don't the are you money pushing hole. are this
4: pro-hole agenda? Is the money hole lobby paying you
5: I resent that accusation, I do not take money from special interests, and if I did, I would throw it right in the hole, because I am a patriot. If you love America, you throw money in its hole. What
1: exactly happens to members of Congress from any party, once they get into government suddenly they have a spending addiction? what's the matter, Senator, flushing all that taxpayer money down the toilet, clogging up the drain again? And how? And nothing works when the money don't flow. And I bet flushing all that Chinese money really clogs the pipes. Oh. With interest. Yeah, Chinese money's the worst. Well, Senator, to keep that money flowing, why not try this new pipe cleaner? It's called Debt Bomb. Debt Bomb? Yes, Debt Bomb, Senator. With all the pressure building up in the pipes from all that money you're flushing down the toilet, well, there's just simply no flow. You need something to clear the clog. But don't worry. The pressure will eventually build up that you can just shove Debt Bomb into the toilet and everything blows sky high. left. No, Senator, there's nothing. No economy, no country, nothing. Well, you say that like it's a bad thing. Endorsed by governments worldwide, it's inevitable.
7: Dead bomb.
8: If I manage to make it through this week,
2: I would like my straitjacket to be black leather and my helmet to sparkle.
0: Thank you. <laughs> this weather. To wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030 K2 6.49
1: 6.49 is the time to wake up my and off we go to the icebox for Frank Angino, who's waiting by. Frank, over the years, I've lived in a few different places, and I can tell you right now, if you were to, let's say, blindfold me and drop me in the Everglades, I could tell you that I was in the Everglades, because it has a certain smell to it, right? I mean, it, well, anywhere you go has a certain aroma to it. Does right? it smell like kelp or anything? Uh, no, no, but... No. Uh, Farting alligators. But anyway, okay. <laughs> then if you drop me in North Carolina up at the family cabin, I know what the cabin smells like. I know what the wood's around. It, I could it smells you. like pine. It certainly does. In fact, one person told me that going to the cabin, they, they feel like they're in the bottle of Pine Soul. Yeah. <laughs> but there's many different varieties of trees and flowers up here. There's a story by our friend Drew down the hallway. Uh, people say Wyoming has a certain smell to it.
6: By Midwest, it has a smell to it. It's yeah. sulfur.
1: Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Is that because we're in hell? Is yeah. that what you're saying? The has a smell to it. It's <laughs> sulfur. Okay. So if I were to just blindfold you and drop you in Wyoming, could you say then, oh, I know where I am. I'm in Wyoming, or where in Wyoming you were? Well, depending on the wind, you know.
9: Yeah. I mean,
6: I could be, if the wind's blowing, I could be smelling something that's 40 miles away. Uh, that's true. If I smell true. it at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, I would say... In some places, yes, but the majority, no. Okay. Now, if if you were to close your eyes mm-hmm. and the wind blows and you're in a bunch of trees, then you'll know that you're in a bunch of trees.
1: Okay. Because
6: yes. the, that wind, you, you can hear it yeah. coming.
1: There is a certain aroma in the springtime <laughs> around here. Uh, because there's a lot of flowers and stuff like that that has a certain smell to it. And I will say that this building and the people in it have a certain smell to it. But, Frank, I like the people here, so I'd rather not get into that. Okay? No, no,
6: let, let, yeah, let's pass on that. High school basketball, our latest Wild Preps poll is out in 4A girls. Cody remains number one, Cheyenne East 2, Laramie 3, Campbell County 4, Cheyenne Central 5. In 3A girls, Douglas remains number one, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Newcastle, and Lyman. In 2A, Wyoming Indian remains number one, followed by Rocky Mountain, Tongue River, Kemmer and Lingle. And in 1A girls, Southeast 1, Burlington 2, Upton 3, Cokeville 4, and Riverside 5. In 4A boys, Cheyenne East is still number one, Cheyenne Central 2nd, Riverton 3rd, Star Valley 4th, and Thunder Basin. 5th. Douglas remains number 1 in 3A followed by Worland, Lander, Powell, and Lyman. Tug River remains number 1 in 2A. Pine Bluffs 2, uh, Bighorn 3, Wind River 4, and Grable 5. And in 1A, Saratoga is still number 1 followed by Burlington, Southeast, Cokeville, and Little Snake River. High school basketball tonight. Laramie will be at Cheyenne East and boys and girls play at 6 and seven thirty. Cheyenne South will play Cheyenne Central and boys and girls play at the Story Gym at 6 and seven thirty. KC will be at Midwest and boys and girls play at 1A basketball at five thirty and 7. Women Women's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls have a big game tonight. They'll take on UNLV. The Rebels are 17 and 2 overall, 7 and 0 in Mountain West Conference play and beat Wyoming 73 67 back on December 29th. That's UW's only conference loss with five wins. And the Cowgirls are 12 and 5 overall. That's a 630 star from the Arena Auditorium at Laramie tonight. In the National Football League playoffs coming up this weekend, the big game from Wyoming's point of view will be former Wyoming Cowboy teammates Logan Wilson and Josh Allen meeting up as Cincinnati will travel to Buffalo. Allen is having a solid season with the Bills at that quarterback spot, even though he had some iffy moments in their win over Miami last week in the playoffs. Logan Wilson has been solid at the linebacker spot for the Bengals and made a huge play in their win over Baltimore last week. In the fourth quarter, the Ravens were on the two-yard line, and quarterback Tyler Huntley was trying to sneak it into the end zone, only to have the ball punched away out uh, by Wilson and then returned for a touchdown by Sam Hubbard. It was an unreal play, and Wilson says, you know what? Uh, That's what we do.
9: This is a tough, resilient defense. We've Bend, but we don't break. Um, that's kind of our mentality, and um, guys play with a very high effort. I mean, if, if Jesse doesn't make that play before the, I make the, the goal line stop, you know, he's he, they score, and then that's not even in the in the rec, in the book. So um, that's just what we pride ourselves on.
6: Cincinnati's 13 and four. Buffalo is 14 and three. That's a 1 p.m. start on Sunday. The Bills are five point favorites in the game. That's in sports.
1: So okay, I like this one, Mark. Who's outside of Casper? He writes Godforsaken Hill, just outside of Casper. Smell of Wyoming, easy burning semi brakes, <laughs> <laughs> raw sweet crude oil and sagebrush. I would go with that. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah, they got the brakes.
6: <laughs> it has that distinct um,
1: yeah aroma. It really yeah. does, yeah. And there are various petroleum products smells around the state All of Wyoming, well, yeah, of I course. Yes, yeah. All yes. right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to get into the gun control debate just a a moment because the Supreme Court has made a decision that you're going to like involving guns. And then coming up at about 7.20, a representative here in the state of Wyoming has a repeal gun-free zone bill that he's pushing. He'll be on the air with us for a little while to talk about that. Let's wake up Wyoming. 7 of 6 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. as a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. Got to talk about some guns this morning a supreme court decision and also a bill before the wyoming house and senate and the legislator who is writing that bill before the wyoming house and senate is going to be on if all goes well he's going to be on at about 7:20 this morning but before we get this going let's get this out of the way <laughs>
4: And feel free to participate.
1: This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. The Supreme Court decision on guns just came down. I believe it was yesterday. It's a decision that I think you're going to like. Well,
5: I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. Let's say you're in New
1: York City, right? Okay, so you want to carry a gun. And we'll even say, conceal carry a gun. All right, fine. Well, you want to go in New York, you have to get a permit for that. So, all right, you go to get your permit. You'll have to get up in front of a board of some kind. And they're going to ask you why it is you think you need a gun what is going on in your life? Why are you in danger where you think you need to carry a gun around? And you've got to convince them. If you can convince them that, oh, no, you really need because you're in danger and you need to defend yourself, then they'll grant you the permit. But the chances are they'll just find a reason to say no. So that's what went up in front of the Supreme Court. So here's the story. The Supreme Court rejected A bid by New York gun retailers on Wednesday to block a slew of new gun control laws in the state, which they argued violate their Second Amendment rights and hurt businesses. There were uh, no noted dissents. In the order or explanations for the decision quote we are disappointed that no one of the nine judges saw fit to grant the plaintiffs some stay of enforcement in the laws against them but okay we are challenging the ability of new york to target dealers in firearms and a lawful stream of congress to put them out of business. And so those new laws cannot take effect, basically is what that is. Wednesday order came one week after the high court rejected a separate bid, gun rights activists to block concealed carry improvement act, which was implemented some time ago in New York. New York lawmakers passed the bill after the Supreme court struck down the state's prior concealed carry law in 2022 by the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote an opinion for the court, the Second and Fourteenth Amendment protect an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home. The law prohibits carrying a gun in sensitive areas such as stadiums and museums and parks and stuff like that, which is what the Wyoming bill is about that we'll be talking about in just a few minutes from now. So if you wanted to go ahead and get a concealed carry permit, In New York City, what the court essentially, and I'm really giving you the Reader's Digest version of this, but essentially what the court is saying is, so if the state wants to make sure for you to get a permit, that you're a law-abiding citizen, do a background check, fine. They might even be able to go so far as saying you have to take and pass a gun safety course. Fine. But you do not need to go up in front of some panel and try to explain to the panel why you think you're in danger and need to carry a gun. Now, it wasn't just New York City that tried doing this. It was um, Washington, D.C. tried to do this as well. New York is one of those places that continues and continues to try to pass really restrictive gun control laws. To, if they could, if they and they did at one point. New York just made guns in the city illegal. Now, that didn't stop anything, much like when you look at Chicago, places like that. They tried making owning a gun illegal, and it didn't stop anything. The murder rate by gun just continued. In fact, places like New York and Chicago and D.C., the gun being used as a tool for murder actually happens quite often more than any other place in the country, in those places. So laws to ban the guns haven't worked at all anyway. And the uh, the citizen, you as a, a law-abiding citizen, to have the right to defend yourself, well, of course you should have the right to defend yourself, not even just in your home, but outside of your home as well. And the outside of your home came from a Chicago case. There was a gentleman who had a gun in his home, and there were some people trying to break in, essentially. To deal with them, he had to step outside. And he was brought up on charges because, nope, you're only allowed to have the gun in your home. And the court said, no. If he needs to step outside to deal with this, he can. In fact, the court in that case, and again, I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version, a citizen is allowed to carry. If that's what they feel the need for, that's their decision. And they're allowed to do so as long as they're law-abiding citizens. We don't have to be victims here. And, you know, of course, you know, the criminals aren't listening to the law so you might make a law where the law-abiding citizen will obey the law and not carry the gun but the criminal doesn't care what the law is he's going to carry the gun now here in the state of wyoming we will have on in just a few minutes here representative jeremy harrelson sponsor of house bill 105 to repeal gun-free zones a bill that would repeal most gun-free zones for people who can legally carry concealed weapons that's been in the legislative session Okay, so the gun-free zones, the idea is you could carry a gun. If you are you have a concealed carry permit, and I'll clarify that with him. the guy wrote the bill. Uh, then you're a law-abiding citizen. You've done everything you need to do here. You should be able to carry that, according to the bill, into a library and other government buildings because you're the good guy. And we always talk about the good guy with a gun. Well, you're the good guy with a gun. So you should be able to go where you wanna go, right? Now that's not including private businesses or homes. A private property is different. So if somebody is opposed to guns for whatever reason and doesn't want guns on their property, they're allowed to say, I don't want that here. This is a gun-free zone, their decision. But as far as government property goes, and I wonder, does this have something to do with the University of Wyoming too? I'll ask the representative that, because I know we had a problem a while ago when laws were set up for the state of Wyoming as far as, you know, the citizens' ability to carry what they wanted to carry, where they wanted to carry it, and all of a sudden, the University of Wyoming came up with his own rules. Now, that was challenged and went all the way to the Wyoming Supreme Court. I, said, I think we're still fighting, you know, definitely, we're still fighting that one. 7.15, wake up, Wyoming.
0: Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming Mobile App. This is AM ten thirty K2 Radio.
1: Seven twenty is the time to wake up Wyoming. On the phone with me right now, Representative Gerald Haroldson to talk about his gun bill. Morning, where are you from in the state of Wyoming? Who do you represent?
3: So I represent House District Number Four. It's Platt County in the northern part of Laramie County.
1: Okay. So, what inspired the bill to repeal gun-free zones? Was there a certain pun intended trigger, or was it a series of events?
3: I think it'd probably be a series of events. So, yeah. to kind of give a little bit of a background. Uh, my eighth birthday, I was given my first gun, a little twenty two Winchester Long Rifle. You had to pull the bolt out in the back to shoot it, and, and I proceeded to shoot a, a firing pin out of a twenty two. So I've always kind of uh, been into the shooting sports world. 21, I, I didn't go out and drink. I went out and got my concealed carry permit because that was my idea of uh, what twenty twenty one offered me. And so uh, I've concealed my, my entire adult life, and one of the things that I've always been frustrated at is it's my right to bear arms, but there's places they tell me I can do it, and and so uh, obviously private private entities, private individuals, and their businesses—that's one thing. Uh, but the reality is, uh, our governments. And the government establishments are completely different. So uh, whenever I became a legislator, this was one of the things that was on the on the target, so to speak, for legislation I wanted to bring.
1: There's all sorts of gun puns that we're not going to get away from while we're this conversation. Just let them roll, okay? So let's take a look at okay. also the incident at the University of Wyoming a while ago. Does that have something to do with this? Because it seemed like UW made its own rules when it came to guns.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that I think this is an area where we have created or allowed uh, just kind of a massive overstep by uh, by government-funded entities to infringe upon the rights of, of law-abiding citizens.
1: Okay, so let's take. I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here. Let's take okay, a look at absolutely. some of the concerns that people will have. So. Yep, You're having a government meeting there at the state capitol, which is, I was told the first day I was there, the people's building. I had asked, can I go here? Can I go there? It's your building. You're a citizen of Wyoming. Go wherever you want to go. Talk to whoever you want to talk to. Absolutely. What if somebody was just really upset with you, Jeremy, and decided to just come up behind you right there because they knew you were at the capitol? Would that concern you? Because you're talking politics here. That's pretty volatile.
3: It is things you need to realize is gun-free zones don't ever keep um criminals honest i mean a criminal's a criminal if they're going to do something uh nefarious if they're going to do something that's that's wrong they're going to do that despite the the rule uh so saying gun-free zone doesn't mean that someone that's incredibly upset with me is going to go oh man i really want to go and, and do something um that's that's going to be vindictive towards uh Representative Harrelson, but I can't because it's a gun-free zone. They're going to bring a gun, and they don't care. The truth of the matter is the only thing that a gun-free zone truly does is keep me, an honest, law-abiding citizen, from being able to protect myself.
1: Right away, though, you bring the kids into it, and that makes people really nervous. So devil's advocate again. Would you be saying that someone can walk into a school, Karen?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. The the truth is, is a a school that uh, has well trained uh, and armed civilians in it are going is going to be the safest school
1: in the state. Okay, now uh, obviously. Go ahead. ahead. Yeah.
8: No, I think that I think that. I used a term, and they're
3: well-trained. I think there has to right. be a training element in this as well.
1: There you go. So that would be the next part of this. Does your bill say in order to get this, uh, walk into a school, walk into a library, wherever it might be, that they have to have a concealed carry permit and go through training?
3: So if you actually look at the um, the bill on line two, it says exemptions uh, for states issue concealed carry permits. And under there, it says that a person lawfully carrying concealed weapon in Wyoming under statute 68104 may carry a concealed weapon in the following places, and then it goes through. So it is uh, it is a situation where a concealed carry is, is something that um, would be for those areas, yes.
1: Okay, and so in order to get that permit, they have to go through background checks and so on to make sure this is a
10: law-abiding sure. citizen. yeah, yeah.
3: Make sure they are... And, and again, I mean, I'm going to go back. I'll play the devil's advocate on the other side okay. of it and say where, at this point, um, bad people will be bad people and laws never stop bad people from being bad people. And so right now uh, in the state of Wyoming, someone could carry a gun into a school, uh, even though it's illegal. And really what that translates out to is the only person in the, in the school with a gun is someone that's uh, meaning harm. And so this would put guns into the school in the hands of people that mean good. And, and the safest place is the place with a gun, as okay. long as it's in the hands of a law-abiding citizen.
1: Where is your bill right now? Is it still in committee, or are you heading toward the floor?
3: It's actually still in the speaker's desk. It needs to be brought out.
1: Oh, he hasn't even brought this. So this is one of those things where you need to get the word out, or the whole thing might just time out on you.
3: Exactly. That, I would love anyone's help in getting the word out uh i believe this is a well in the history on the bill is two years ago this bill made it all the way through the senate and died in the speaker's drawer and so there's a history of this And, and we i mean the senate overwhelmingly passed this bill the house has never had an opportunity to debate the bill so um that's that would have been before my time, and, I, and but I've, as I've done the research, I've come to the conclusion that it's time for this to have, the discussion needs to be had on the floor in regards to this bill, and and let it go through due process, if, if there's things that need to be amended into it, if this, whatever, I mean, I'm open to that and willing to see that, because at the end of the day, we need to have the conversation and start changing the, uh, the optic uh, in the state when it comes to gun free zones.
1: Okay. So for those who don't know, it's the Speaker of the House who gets all of the bills and he decides what is going to go in front of what committees or not, which is part of the reason that we give Wyoming legislators just a limited amount of time. So what sort of nudging does the Speaker have to get, in your opinion, to get the thing out of his desk?
3: I think it just if if people uh, wanted to to... Just email him and request that, or even come here to the Capitol and visit with him and request that. That would be great. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's a, a deal where we're still we're still filling the pipeline. I I don't think we're at uh, the final hour in any way, shape, or form. It could definitely it could be introduced next week. It could be introduced uh, today or tomorrow. I, I don't know, but it hasn't been yet.
1: Okay. So for anyone who wants to talk to the speaker, I'm just going to give them a little bit of advice here. Be nice. Because if you're a jerk about it, it's going to stay in the drawer.
3: Absolutely, and and you need to understand that uh, the speaker's been—he's done—he's done done a really good job of trying to um, facilitate. Uh, the bills. He really honestly has. Okay. So I, I can say that I have I have confidence that this is a conversation that we will be having and, and we can move forward with seeing this bill, see the light of day. I feel that could happen. Okay. But it never hurts to have other people say, hey, really appreciate this is something I'm passionate about.
1: So to find the bill, this is really easy to do. Uh, they can just go online, yeah. right? So how do they find the bill and sure. how do they read it?
3: So you go to uh, the Wild Leg wyole It's our legislative website, and you'll pull it up, and down on the bottom, there's going to be a number of, of tiles, and one of them is going to be 2023 session bills. You'll click on that, and then you'll see House Bill 105, or you can search under Jeremy Harrelson for prime sponsor, uh, and uh, pull it up, look through it, read through it, and uh, get, get yourself educated on it, and, and be a part of the legislative process.
1: Okay. Jeremy Harrelson, thank you for coming on this morning. Appreciate your time.
10: Thank you very much. You have a great day.
1: Now, right, you too. 7:29 is the time. Coming up on some local news that we have to take care. We're going to roll right out of that into your weather forecast. I got a few things to talk about and then a legislative update from our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall. Right after that, I have a conversation live with Don Day, day weather. The snow is done, but well, here comes all of the wind blowing it around. So some highways, the usual suspects, are really sort of sketchy right about that. We'll talk about things like that. Wake Up Wyoming.
0: Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio.
1: 7.36 at the time. Wake up, Wyoming. So, I'm uh, sorry, Rhianna. I saw your note kind of late. I was also running at that time. Wouldn't have be been able to get it in anyway. So, the gentleman I just had on was Representative Jeremy Harrelson. He's sponsor of the bill, HB 105, to repeal gun-free zones in the state of Wyoming in public places. And that includes schools and libraries and city hall and, you know, things like If you have a concealed carry permit, you're allowed to go ahead and carry him. So, when talking about schools, Rhiann asked so ask him about teachers carrying. So far, I don't think that's part of the bill, but that would be an interesting part to discuss because so far that has been up to the school district. Like, for example, in Campbell County, they were discussing specifically at a school in Gillette whether they wanted teachers to carry in class. And I think the agreement they came up with is if the teachers go through a course so that way they tactically know what to do it's not just some teacher carrying something and should there be a problem he doesn't really have a solution other than he has a gun tactically exactly how do you defend your school that would be a course that they would go through now i would like to go back at some point and find out exactly what did campbell county work out because that's something that they were discussing and working out at the time and then there were other school districts in Wyoming. Now, we don't have gun teachers with the guns in the school. One way or another, though, you got to defend your kids. You can't have nothing there. We've seen what happens when schools have nothing there. Or just one, basically, security guard there to do the whole thing. Doesn't work out real well. So, okay. Governor Mark Gordon, we've had to change the schedule just a little bit. He was going to come on between 8 and 8.30. Now I'm just going to have him for about 10 minutes. He wanted to talk about He cannot comment on things regarding what the state legislative body is doing right now. The Constitution of Wyoming prevents him from doing that. He can only comment after the legislative session is over, and he's then signing and vetoing bills. Then he can start making statements. But he did give a state of the state address, and he has a vision for the state of Wyoming, which he wanted to talk to you guys about, and I said, of course, you can come on the program and talk about that. So. If all goes well, 8.20 now is when the governor will come on and talk to us for a few minutes. Meantime, our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, with a legislative update. Filming mobile
0: app, listen anywhere, and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio.
1: 745 it's wake up Wyoming, and off we go to talk to don day from day weather don i think why dot should put out a new kind of road scale not on one to ten or not stars but what color are your knuckles when you're driving down the road because right now there's a few places that have white knuckle driving
5: yeah and this is really true along i-25 and interstate 80 and then any secondary road that's near those interstates uh, we've got a lot of very icy conditions and the wind is picked up and once you get out in the open areas uh, the blowing and drifting once you get out of the cities where the wind is a little more sheltered that blowing and drifting making it even more icy so it's going to be slow going allow some extra time and you really want to watch black ice in these situations, the bridges, you know, especially those bridges, you'll you'll be going along just fine, all of a sudden you're sideways.
1: Oh, yeah. I had that happen a few times where I was lucky enough to slide right across the bridge to the other side, made it just fine. So let's take a look at how long that lasts, because I know sometimes we have blowing conditions that go on for days and days
5: well yeah the the worst of the winds today uh we will see the winds ease up tonight and the winds won't be nearly as bad tomorrow but we're not really going to warm up much we are going to have some sun today though that'll help uh settle some of the snow but temperatures are going nowhere the best we're going to do through the weekend and early next week will be 20s and 30s for highs down of the teens and for lows the sheltered valleys of the central and the west with snow cover will be even a little bit colder at night uh, even a few areas dipping a little bit below zero now these aren't record cold temperatures for late january but it's chilly and it's going to stay chilly here for quite a while
1: it's the chilly with the wind that gets me more than anything else i mean it's, i don't mind cold don but wow when that wind kicks up it's miserable
5: yeah yeah this is when he starts saying you know those friends yeah, that, have that them we themselves. know that have that house yeah, in tucson we yeah. should go visit.
1: sure is there a nearby exit strategy for this or are we just stuck here for another month or so
5: it's january 19th okay. what can i tell yeah, you Yeah. all right so and what about the
1: possibility of another little passing snow or something
5: well we've got two systems one that's going to come and in, affect in western wyoming Tomorrow and tomorrow night with a little bit of light snow shower flurry activity that may spill across the divide. Maybe we're just talking flurries. Uh, the better chance of snow shower activity will come with the, the next system behind that. That comes in Sunday, Monday time frame. Uh, there will be a little bit of light snow and snow shower activity on the plains and in the high country. It won't be a big one, but it will produce enough snow to, to keep us cold and keep those roads and highways still tricky.
1: Okay, thank you, Don. Don Day with day weather. So, good news. I there's an article I have from him, that's on the Wake Up Wyoming site where he continues to take a look at exiting the drought, and not just here in Wyoming, but uh, states all the way over to the West Coast. Let's head over to the icebox. Frank Ambino's waiting by. Frank, I came across probably the worst Wyoming commercial ever for a car dealership, and so I made sure to post it so people could watch it. Okay, where is it from, and what are they selling? Rock Springs Automobiles. Okay, just just Rock Springs yes. Automobiles. Yes, and Automobiles. Now,
6: normally... Like, 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 like from like, that show Hee Haw? BR549! <clears throat>
1: oh, worse than that. Oh, see, and it's, yeah, you're used to seeing the auto dealership where the guy's screaming at you no. and slapping the hood of a car. No. Now, I'll give them credit for this. They tried to, this is, they posted this 10 years ago. Well. <laughs> they And they, they don't have many hits for 10 years on the internet, but okay. <laughs> they decided to get creative. And so you see a guy who is involved in some kind of a running gun battle. And then he jumps into this old jalopy of a vehicle that's still a stick shift, right? Yeah, okay. And starts the thing up and tries to take off, and it dies on him. He jumps out of the car to safety just as a missile hits the car and blows it up. Oh. And then an ad comes up saying, would you like a reliable ride? Okay, the problem is when I'm watching this video, they didn't even shoot this thing in Wyoming. In fact, I'm really thinking the dealership probably stole the video from somebody else. Or just bought it. Yeah, and just repurposed it and put up their little ad at the end of it.
6: I was going to say, I didn't think James Bond has ever no. been to Sweetwater
1: County. No, I don't think so. And this guy is definitely not a James Bond. It's really bad, horrible special effects, which is why <laughs> I think it's fun to watch. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's on purpose bad. Yes. Now, sometimes that can be entertaining. I don't know about you, but there's times... I watch a really, really bad movie oh. because it's so bad, yeah. I just have to watch it.
6: Did you, have you you? used to watch that Mystery Science Theater 3000,
1: right? No, I never did watch that, but where I it, grew it, it up... It is hysterical. Oh, they take is, all yeah.
6: those bad movies,
1: and it's just one, one liner after the next. It's it's a pretty good show. Where I grew up, we had, on Saturday, Creature Feature yep. with Dr. Paul Bearer. And he would tell really cheesy jokes in between as he would in makeup and he's sitting there in a crypt and all of that, you know. And every movie that they did, which was a horror movie, they made sure it was a horror movie that the copyright had died out on it a long time ago. It was that bad. (laughs) And so you're talking like old black and white drive-in movie theater kind, you know. The show was incredibly popular because it was so hysterically bad, not just Dr. Paul Bearer, but every single movie that they showed was just the worst possible the bad, movie. Yeah. Isn't that the fun of it though?
6: Yeah, that that's exactly what that Mystery Science yeah.
1: Theater did it, it,
6: over yeah. and, and over and yeah. over again. I, and I thought, how many bad movies
1: can they find? Now, have you ever watched a movie where Hollywood did a spoof of bad movies? One of my favorite ones, Mars Attacks.
6: I've heard of it, but I'm not...
1: Oh, you should watch Mars Attacks. It has all sorts of big-time Hollywood stars and effects and all of that. But they were trying to make a really bad movie, to spoof bad Hollywood movies. Gotcha. Watch it. It's Alrighty. Boring.
6: High School Basketball, our latest com poll is out in 4A Girls. Cody remains number one, Cheyenneese 2, Laramie 3, Campbell County 4, and Cheyenne Central 5, and 3A Girls. Douglas remains number one, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Newcastle, and Lyman in 2A, Wyoming Indian remains on top of the mountain, followed by Rocky Mountain, Tongue River, Kemmerer, and Lingle, and at 1A, Girls Southeast 1, Burlington 2, Upton 3, Cokeville 4, and Riverside 5. In 4A, boys, Cheyenne East still number 1, Cheyenne Central 2nd, Riverton 3rd, Star Valley 4th, and Thunder Basin 5th. Douglas remains number 1 in 3A, followed by Warland, Lander, Powell, and Lyman. Tongue River remains number 1 in 2A, Pine Bluffs 2, Bighorn 3, Wind River 4, Grayville 5, and at 1A, Saratoga still number 1, followed by Burlington Southeast, Cokeville, and Little. Del- Snake River. High school basketball tonight. Laramie will be at Cheyenne East and boys and girls play at 6 and 7.30. Cheyenne South will play Cheyenne Central and boys and girls play at the Story Gym at 6 and 7.30. KC will be at Midwest and boys and girls play tonight at 5.30 and 7. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls with a big game tonight. They'll take on UNLV and Laramie. The Rebels are 17-2 overall, 7-0 in Mountain West Conference play and beat Wyoming um, 73-67 back on December the 29th. That's UW's only conference loss with five wins. And, and UW with an overall record of 12-5. and five. That is a 6.30 star from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie tonight. In the National Football League playoffs coming up this weekend, the big game from Wyoming's point of view will be former Wyoming Cowboy teammates Logan Wilson and Josh Allen. And Cincinnati will travel to Buffalo. Allen's having a solid season as the Bills quarterback, even though he had some uh, iffy moments in their win over Miami last week in the playoffs. Logan Wilson has been solid at that linebacker spot for the Bengals, made a huge play in their playoff win over Baltimore last week. The Ravens run the two-yard line in the fourth quarter, and quarterback Tyler Huntley was trying to sneak that into the end zone, only to have the ball punched out by Wilson. And then that fumble was returned by, for a touchdown by Sam Hubbard. It was an unreal play. And Wilson says, "Hey, I saw this coming.
9: I mean, I knew based on like how far he was away from the goal line that if if it was a it was a sneak formation that if he, he was at there was a lot of space that he had to reach to get it across the goal line, and so it was going to be time for me to punch the ball out." Um, and I was just able to do that.
6: Cincinnati's thirteen and four. Buffalo's fourteen and three. That is a one p.m. start on Sunday, and the Bills are currently five point favorites in the game.
9: You're
1: saying that Logan and Josh meet tonight? Sunday. Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Okay.
6: Sunday. 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 A- Sunday. Any
1: predictions for the game? Uh, you know, no. I'm okay, not okay. even. I'm not even going to go gonna there. That's right. I'm going to wow. watch the game yes. and see who prevails. Okay. Now, will you be in that sense? And it's it's okay if you are judgmental on these two guys to see who's performing better? Well, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, okay. Everybody's... Yeah, you Gotta absolutely. critique them a little yeah. bit. Yeah, okay. To find out. Okay, but then, yeah, it's not like you want to say bad anything bad about these two guys. No, 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 no. no. You,
6: it, it, it is such a weird situation for yeah. Wyoming fans. I mean... It's kind of like you're just watching like a movie or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or, or what for that matter, uh, watching your two best friends get into a fist fight. You don't know who to root for. No. No, oh, okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on. Was that a good analogy? I was kind of think that was a good analogy. All right, coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local update on the weather forecast. And then you and I get back into it. Governor's on with us now. It's supposed to be about 8.20 this morning. Wake up, Wyoming. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. Swear I can see the weekend from here. We'll have a road update for you in just a bit for those people driving in the usual suspect areas like uh, I 25, the southern end of the state, there, and also I 80, parts of there. Same region. Yeah, there's some winds, snow blowing around, white knuckle driving. We'll get you up to date with a uh, report on that in just a few minutes from now. Also, At about 8.20, Governor Gordon will join us for a few minutes. He cannot talk about things in the legislative body, the House and Senate. He's not allowed to, according to our state constitution. So that way the House can can do its thing. And when they're done and he's either signing a bill or vetoing it, then he can go ahead and express his opinion. But he gave a state of the state address and he wanted to talk to the state of Wyoming about some of the things that he envisions. Of course I'll let him on do that. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Gore had a meltdown. Kind of like personal global warming for him. He had a meltdown. Here's the only hit song he thought he ever had. You're driving a big
0: car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close, you just say no, I say it's global warming, but you call me a liar, but this plan.
1: So let's go to Switzerland, Davos to be precise, where they're having an economic summit. And I've watched little bits and pieces of it. And, of course, most of it has to do with, well, we've got to reach uh, zero emissions and many other things that would destroy the economy and make things a whole lot worse for the planet and the people on the planet. It's really painful to watch all of this, but that's mostly what they're talking about. By the way, the people who arrived at this thing in Davos... Boy, there were thousands of flights in on corporate jets. One of those corporate jets flew for about 17 minutes to get to this meeting. Yeah, they they could have just driven there, but no, yeah, no, no, no. Take a Tesla. somebody. like, no, 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 no. They got to take a corporate jet. So you can imagine what the carbon footprint on this is. All right, well, here we have al gore at this meeting and he has reached the point of desperation
8: that's the that's the part of the atmosphere that has oxygen the troposphere uh and it's only five to seven kilometers thick that's what we're using as an open sewer if you could drive a car straight up in the air at interstate highway speeds you get to the top of that blue line in five minutes and all the greenhouse gas pollution would be below you. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of Climate refugees predicted to reach 1 billion in this century look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees what about a billion we would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world we have to act
9: what the hell? so
1: um, <laughs> what's funny there we would lose our capacity for self-governance the, the people who want to fix all of that want to fix it by ending self-governance. that That's first off the funny part. Next thing is as I listed all of the things in my head that he was talking about that are happening and they're not happening. Uh, I've looked at time and time again at the claims but this is you know boiling the oceans. Show me where the o- oceans are boiling. Rising sea levels. I grew up on an island And the island is just fine. It's not not underwater. In fact, the Maldive Islands were supposed to be underwater decades ago, and they're not. Al Gore is also the same guy who said that, this is a few years ago, that by now, in the summertime, the North Pole is not supposed to have any ice. Yet it does. The number of predictions that he just rattled off there that never came true, and yet he keeps doing it. This truly is a cult of climate change, and he would be the high priest, or one of them anyway, of that cult. And he, him and other people—oh, by the way, Greta, yeah, climate change Greta, who is a young lady now, she's no longer a teenager— Recently was at an, uh, an event where they were protesting a coal power plant. She was arrested, right? Several people nudge me about, what about that arrest, Greta Thunberg arrest? Um, yeah, then you watch the video of it, and it's clearly staged. She's supposed to get arrested for the cameras. Okay, I'm going to go back and play something that I haven't played in a while. I could play a funny bit here, but Why? Let's listen to an actual expert.
7: For years, a Google search for average Earth temperature would bring up a featured snippet. Quote Since the dawn of agriculture 11,000 years ago, civilization has enjoyed a relatively stable climate. Finally, Google removed it after I complained. I complained because it's utterly untrue. Claims that our climate has been relatively stable since the last ice age 10,000 years ago have appeared multiple times in the New York Times, the Boston Globe, the Orlando Sentinel, the Seattle Times, Mashable.com, and numerous times in congressional testimony. Those claims are wrong. The climate has changed dramatically repeatedly throughout human history. The Sahara's Lake Megachad was the largest freshwater lake in the world. It dried up, and Saharan dust fertilized South America, creating the Great Rainforest. A drought in Mesopotamia around 3900 BC forced mass migration to the Nile Valley, leading to the first great Western civilization in Egypt. Between the 8th and 11th centuries, A series of multi-year droughts collapsed the Mayan civilization in Mexico. Around the end of the 10th century, northern sea ice melted, allowing the Vikings to create an empire that included a colony in North America. By the 15th century, the sea ice returned and forests retreated, creating a shortage of the wood that was needed to build ships. So much for the Viking Empire. There were vineyards in northern England, and cereal grains were harvested on European farms more than 1,000 feet above sea level. By the 1300s, that changed. In Iceland, the diet switched from grain to fish. Angkor, the largest city on Earth in the 12th century, was basically gone by the mid 15th century, due to changing climate that affected its water supply. By the 17th century, the Thames was freezing over about once every 10 years. In 1780, for the first time in recorded history, New York Harbor froze over. In the early to mid-1800s, things warmed up. By the end of the 19th century though, scientists were warning of global cooling. The next time you hear someone say that our climate used to be stable, remember the entire civilizations that long ago rose and fell due to climate change. I'm Dr. Stephen J. Allen.
1: I put up a story earlier this morning that had to do with the ending of the drought, uh, La Nina, El Nino effect, and how that works uh, naturally and how we're coming out of that drought effect. There was a prediction that we were supposed to come out of that drought a year ago. But all the scientists and all their scientific modeling failed. It didn't happen. Now, the reason it probably failed, this is is just a theory that the scientists have, is a volcano erupted and put a lot of ash into the atmosphere, and that changed the equation. And so we didn't come out of the drought like they thought. So Al Gore was screaming and yelling about all the pollutants. CO2 is not a pollutant. First off, this is a dead planet without it. And yet he fails to take into account all of the natural pollutants that go into the atmosphere because of just nature, not just volcanoes, but many other things. 8.15, Wake Up Wyoming.
5: Your morning travel network faster than a new
0: case of measles. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030
1: and the Wake Up Wyoming Lab. 20 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. On the phone with me is the governor of the state of Wyoming, your governor, Mark Gordon. Morning. How's the weather down there? I think cold and white, right?
11: It is cold and white, Glenn. Happy New Year to you. Good to talk to you. Good
1: to talk to you. Here's the first question I have to get out of my mind because I was watching this when I was watching the State of the State Address. There have been presidents that when they go to give a State of the Union Address have actually had consultants... Tell them what tie to wear. That's a true thing. Do you at least consult your wife on what tie to wear?
11: A- ab- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He has the final. She has <laughs> I the final
1: bet. Thing. Yeah. You got you to go ahead and pass those things by the boss before you get out there on stage and talk to everybody. We have, I got this impression from your State of the State address that a lot of the problems Wyoming will face in the next few years are not internal but coming from outside the state of Wyoming.
10: Glenn, that's uh,
11: absolutely correct. You know, Wyoming really does have a a lock on its future. One of the messages that I brought forward was the fact that our diversification of our economy has grown uh, really across all sectors, uh, and and that's exciting. The, the problem we have is that we're being held back by a federal government that is not allowing us to lease our minerals, uh, by a, a Biden administration that is, uh, you know, trying to focus on uh, getting us off fossil fuels, uh, even though this means that we can't provide electricity to to uh, people on a reliable and dispatchable basis. Uh, so, so, those are issues that that are, you know, at the federal and and uh, um, really kind, kind of regional level, uh, talking about forests and other things. Um, you know, water is a is is a compelling issue for Wyoming. It's one we're going to have to deal with most acute in uh, the Colorado River Basin, and that's one reason why we're putting more resource there.
1: So we can fight some of these things through lawsuits and so on. Is there anything we can do uh, through yourself as governor or even the state legislative body can pass anything to help us work more within Wyoming and with the surrounding states and not so much with the federal government?
11: Yeah, Glenn, absolutely. Um, I I am the vice chair of uh, the Western governors. It's a bipartisan outfit that... uh, uh, you know, it goes back and forth between Democrat and Republican. And what was one of the most interesting things was we were recently at a meeting, uh, talking about air quality issues, uh, and this thing called the ozone transport rule, which is you uh, being used by this administration to try to shut down coal uh fired power plants in Utah and Wyoming. Um, and I, I brought up a question of, you know, these forest fires that we're seeing on an annual basis now coming out of California, is that skewing the data? Uh, and um, uh, the EPA was supposed to answer that and uh, Governor Polis from Colorado turned around and said, that's a really good question. We're having to reformulate all of our fuel. It's costing our people more. And if their modeling isn't correct, uh, you know we should we should work together to correct that so so I think there are some opportunities here out of the West um, you know Governor Gianforte Governor Little Governor Cox um, Governor Burgum and Governor Noam and I have, you know, a really close relationship and trying to push a number of these issues. It's exciting that Polis is uh, coming along on, on a couple of these issues as well.
1: I know that we can do some things, like you were just saying, outside of the state of Wyoming, working with other states. Let's talk about the inside of the state of Wyoming. We are good for business. I mean, really, our tax structure, our regulatory structure, but it seems to me like some of our state legislators and even on a local level, house uh, not just House and Senate, but also some of our mayors and county commissions are interested in some sort of regulatory reform to even make it easier for people to come in and do business. So they can do it right, fair and honest, yet they're not overburdened by it.
11: That's that's exactly right. That's one of the major pushes of of this uh, term for me. I started it off the day after uh, the inauguration uh, with a brunch for the cabinet. Uh, And I said, look, uh, we have got to do a better job of streamlining all of our regulations. I really want to work hard. Uh, We're not going to bumper sticker this. We're not going to, you know, do some sort of arbitrary, you know, two regulations gone for one because i've seen that and what happens is people just combine them i want true regulatory reform uh, brought first from you all from the industry uh we want to work with our communities and towns and then you, you know quite frankly uh glenn what i'm trying to do is bubble that up uh to to the federal level i've been in conversation with john barrasso um uh, to see if there is something we can get out of D.C. to reform the, the uh, Forest Management Act, to, to look at ways that we can streamline NEPA so that we can uh, actually get something done in this country.
1: twenty five is the time I'm talking with your Wyoming governor, Mark Gordon. So here's one that lit up my phone lines a while back. As you know, in the state of Wyoming, it's become kind of a popular place for people to move Partly as a tax haven, also to get away from, let's just, I'll say it so you don't have to, crazy from other states. So much nicer and quieter living around here. Problem is, as people come in and start scooping up property, that means the worth of those homes go up. And the way we currently calculate our taxes, suddenly people can't afford to stay in the home that they've been in maybe for generations.
11: That is, that is correct. And that's, uh, you know, that was uh, something we identified a year ago. It's why we had this property targeted property tax uh, refund program. I've asked in this budget that we look at that again. Uh, I know there are a number of bills that are coming forward. I actually called for that in my uh, state of the state, uh, to look at ways that we can relieve some of the property tax issues. Um, you know, there, there are going to be good ideas and bad ideas. I think there are more than a dozen bills at this point that are sort of looking at that. Some of them have constitutional, um, uh, amendment, uh, aspects to them. I know that was something that was looked at uh, some time ago to separate out personal, um, Property from you know corporate property and things like that. So I, I'm really looking forward to what the legislature is able to get accomplished. We know that uh, when somebody's been living in a home for generations, when they're on a fixed income, and and just because Wyoming is such a great place to to live in, and suddenly their tax burden goes up dramatically. Uh, that that uh, that's a burden on them and we need to figure out a way to help them
1: at the same time though we got to watch out for that as we have in the past boom bust, boom bus cycle I know we had a bit of a surplus this time but every time I see a bit of a surplus I'm always sitting here thinking and here it comes
11: yeah no that's exactly right that's what's so exciting about having a more diverse Economy is it's a little bit uh, more likely to withstand the, the the old boom and bust that was really related around the uh, the, the mineral cycle. Um, you know we have the highest diversity index uh, for the economy uh, that we've that we've had in years. We've had manufacturing growing by 9.9 percent. We've had financial services growing by 11 percent uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, these are these are really dramatically expanding our economy and making it so that if we have another shot to uh, the the mineral industry, you know, we'll have some of these other industries willing to and and helpful in carrying a bit of the load.
1: Last question for you, you ever just take a chance when the House and Senate is in session just to walk out of your office and meander around and talk to people?
11: I do as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, it's right upstairs to the house, and and, uh, and and then it's just across the hall to the to the Senate. We've got good friends there. It's been really good to watch the new legislators coming in. They're learning the ropes. There's a lot to learn just in process, um, and uh, you know, kind of seeing them find their way uh, has been nice uh, I have the opportunity to have them come down here to the office and visit with them so we are we're, we're just we're in the second week now and and yeah. so we get going uh, have more conversations
1: and then when it's all over everything gets really quiet in that building Governor Gordon thanks for coming on this morning appreciate your time thanks glad all right 829 coming up on 8:30 local news coming away right after that update on your weather forecast wake up Wyoming
0: news weather and a pocket full of opinions wake up wyoming with glenn woods on k2 radio
1: 8 36 time it's wake up wyoming okay so i got all the guests out of the way including the governor Uh, Our news department will write up stories on that, so you can go ahead and get to it if you didn't hear the whole thing. Oh, by the way, the interviews that I had this morning, not just the governor, but the gentleman, let me see, it was... uh here we go. Representative Jeremy Jeremy Haroldson, that's the Repeal Gun Free Zones in Wyoming bill. That would be just for public buildings, not private references. He was on this morning as well. If you missed any of that, no, you didn't, because you can always use the Wake Up Wyoming app and listen later. This program becomes a podcast after I get off the air, minus news and most commercials to condense it for you. So when the show's over, just wait a moment, and then touch your app and touch On Demand. Then select today's episode and there, you can just scroll through, you can pause it, all sorts of things. Okay, time for Open Phones.
4: Morning, Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing.
1: 888-97-WOOD's phone number, that's 888 woods At this point, you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, that'd be fine by me. Here's a subject that some years ago really got me riled up. Some years ago, it was George W. Bush, of all people, who said that he was going to impose an, a ban on the incandescent light bulb. Now, once again, that's the idea that well, we, we've got to push people forward into more efficient kind of... Let me buy the kind of light bulb I want to buy. The incant does, I know that there are uh, types of light bulbs out there that are much more efficient with modern technology, but not all of them are better. There are some light bulbs that, in order for you to dispose of them, you've got to treat it like toxic waste. Oh, there are several light bulbs out there that are actually really not good for the environment. In fact, they don't want you, when that light bulb finally does go out, to just throw it in the trash because it's really bad for landfills. So, yeah, it's it's more of an efficient light bulb, but... And some of these newer light bulbs, although more efficient, are also much more expensive. Yes, incandescent bulbs did go out more often, but they were also really inexpensive to buy. Shouldn't you be able to make your own decision? Cowboy State Daily, get your incandescent light bulb now, starting August 1st. They are outlawed. <clears throat> Story says if you have you have until August first to buy an incandescent light bulb before it will be legal for retailers to illegal for retailers to sell them. See again, you're you're supposed to be in America where it that kind of a thing can't happen. It's impossible. Manufacturers already can't make them anymore, so whatever retailers have left on their shelves, well, they they're gonna sell what's left and then done. Quote, out of the fifty manufacturers we have I have one left who will make fluorescent fixtures. If we beg them, they might do it, said outside sales manager, Wyoming Light Associates in Cheyenne. They said that it was very hard to get legacy bulbs, as they're called. They sometimes uh, called uh, for quality of lighting greatly improved with a Well, there are other quality of lights out there depending on what you want in your house and what kind of lighting you like. What feels better to your eyes? Federal government has all but outlawed incandescent bulbs via regulation. Again, that was George W. Bush. And it was not a law passed by Congress. It was regulatory. Once again, here's that branch of government that's not supposed to be a a, a branch that writes law. But they're doing it. The energy efficiency standards that went into effect at the end of the year for manufacturers and for retailers beginning August 1st require lighting projects to produce 45 lumens measure of light per watt. A lumen is roughly a amount of light put out by one birthday candle placed one foot away. Standard 60 watt conventional bulb will put out about 800 lumens. Only LED can meet the new standards with basically regulatory... It just... It means that the incandescents out of use. So Michael Weems, Vice President of Government Engagement for the American Lighting Association, said the rules were implemented over a long period of time so manufacturers were prepared for them. Quote, it's been a long road to get here, but in the end, it's a positive development. I don't think it is. I mean, look, if you come up with better technology at a better price, fine. I might just go ahead and buy into it but to tell me we're not gonna let you do that anymore. We're gonna tell you what you can and can't buy. I'm not supposed to be living in that kind of a country. So the story says there's quite a long list of bulb types. These include bulbs for appliance lamps, bug lamps, Plant light lamps, showcase lamps, black lamps, infrared lamps, traffic signal lamps, silver bowl lamps, which uh, okay, uh, diffuse light within a silver bowl at the bottom of the bulb. Diane Putney, showroom manager, Cheyenne Lighting and Design Center in Cheyenne, said she has a few incandescent bulbs on her floor, but there are no more coming from the manufacturer. They're getting fewer and fewer between, she said. She said there are replacement LEDs for incandescent bulbs, with exceptions. Three-way bulbs, which produce three levels of light from a single light bulb, have LED replacement, she said. That's because it tends... Well, and she talks about how these different lights work. I wonder, are there other countries making incandescent light bulbs, and can I order from them? I don't know. I'm just offering that. So she said the another issue with the standard is it's not always clear for customers uh, which LED to get. They have different color temperatures, things like this. There's even programmable lights. For those who don't know, there's lights you can go ahead and plug in and then use your an app on your phone. What kind of luminosity, what kind of color do you want out of there? Maybe just a warmer light or a softer light, you know. Lighting efficiency standard regulations were, again, former George W. 2007. U.S. Department of Energy updated the rules 2017, which required general service lamps, the federal term for light bulbs, to meet a minimum efficiency of 45 lumens per watt. These restrictions were supposed to go into effect nationwide January 1, 2020. Regulations were withdrawn for a while. However, dozens of cities and states, California among them, as well as environmental groups, sued the Department of Energy. Some states, including California, passed their own lighting efficiency standards. You've gotten to the point. See this, again, I'm not against new technology. If if somebody comes up with something better at a better price, I'll use it. But don't tell me what I can't do in my own home I can't even decide what I'm going to put in my own light fixture. So theoretically, a manufacturer could keep producing these forbidden projects or or products, but if they get caught, they will have severe civil penalties brought down by the General counsel and Department of Energy. Yeah, one more thing that, by the way, we asked Republicans to get rid of that a long time ago. And just like Obamacare, they couldn't figure out how to do it. We had given them the House and the Senate and the presidency. And they still couldn't figure out how to repeal this. 845, Wake Up Wyoming.
0: Sometimes the best is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS.
1: 8:48. It's the time. Watch the icebox to go. Frank Gambino waiting by Frank. There's a sign out there. People trying to solve a mystery. There's a roadside stand out there somewhere in America. Okay. and it's closed now. I can't imagine why. Because the big sign up above the roadside stand says diesel fried chicken. Diesel fried chicken. Yes.
6: Hmm. That's mm.
1: expensive. It's- yeah. It's a small historic ranching town, Van Horn, Texas diesel-fried chicken sign has been photographed by a professional photographer and is now going all over the internet and people are all asking, is this the only place that's ever tried to sell it? Was it a joke? (laughs) What does that actually taste like? Yeah, I was
6: going to say, what does it taste like? Yeah. Wow, but, you know, that's the price of
1: diesel right now, I mean uh-huh.
6: that's a, that's a lot of that's an expensive
1: oh, so, piece of chicken, so you're thinking, okay, I hadn't thought about that before. You're talking like some high-end dinner here. I tell you what they would do that. Usually, when there's some really horrible food that a chef would normally throw out because who in their right mind would eat that but they don't want to waste money they don't want to lose money throw money away so what they do is they tell you it's a delicacy and an acquired taste
6: right yeah a chef's surprise yes
1: and if you don't like it it's just because you're not sophisticated (laughs) enough well um diesel huh diesel fried chicken i don't even know what that would taste like now i can imagine i mean cuz the smell of diesel I, we all recognize the smell of diesel especially if you live in wyoming right yeah but i just can't imagine attaching that smell to something that i'm going to eat no i no. mean no no it doesn't it doesn't no. work that way now there are other things like if i say hickory well yeah Well, you like the smell of hickory yeah. so attach that smell to your fried chicken yeah, Gee, how about that's... hickory diesel? Yeah, but flavor Hic- the mm. diesel with hickory. Uh, I think that would. I think the diesel would kill the hickory flavor. <laughs> Honestly, I think it would. And then I wonder if, if your fried chicken comes out greasy. Do you blame the diesel? Right. Yes. Yeah, I don't Cause... think. Although I would bet if you did eat a nice big basket of diesel fried chicken, if anything, it would make you regular. <laughs> More than that, I think. I would think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's, you, you'd you have nothing left. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have to go for the Pepto-Bismol. No, no, Trust you'd have me, nothing left. would flush you out.
6: All right, women's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls with a big game tonight in Laramie taking on UNLV. The Rebels are 17-2 and overall, 7-0 and in Mountain West Conference play, and beat Wyoming 73-67 back on December the 29th. That's UW's only conference loss with five wins and an overall record of 12-5. and That's a 6-30 start from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie tonight. Tonight. In the National Football League playoffs, uh, this will roll along this weekend, and the big game from Wyoming's point of view will be former Wyoming Cowboy teammates Logan Wilson and Josh Allen meeting up as Cincinnati travels to Buffalo. Allen's having a solid season with the Bills as their QB and uh, had some. uh, you know, great moments and not so great moments in that win over Miami last week in the first round of the playoffs. Logan Wilson has been solid at the linebacker spot for the Bengals. He made a gigantic play in their win over Baltimore last week in the playoffs. The Ravens run the two-yard line in the fourth quarter with quarterback Tyler Huntley trying to sneak it into the end zone only to have the ball punched out by Wilson and then return for a touchdown by Sam Hubbard. It was just an unreal play, a heads-up play, and Wilson says, hey, that's what we do. This
9: is a tough, resilient defense. We never we bend, but we don't break. Um, that's kind of our mentality and um, guys play with a very high effort. I mean, if, if Jesse doesn't make that play before the, I make the, the goal line stop, you know, he's he, they score, and then that's not even in the in the rec, in the book. So. Um, that's just what we pride ourselves on. Cincinnati is 13 and 4,
6: and Buffalo is 14 and 3. That's a 1 p.m. start on Sunday. In high school basketball, our latest Wild Preps poll is out in 4A girls. Cody remains number 1, Cheyenne East 2, Laramie 3, Campbell County 4, Cheyenne Central 5. In 3A girls, Douglas remains number 1, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Newcastle, and Lyman. In 2A, Wyoming Indian remains number 1, followed by Rocky Mountain, Tongue River, Cameron Lingle. 1A girls, Southeast 1, Burlington 2, Upton 3, Cokeville 4, and River. Side five. In 4A, boys, Cheyenne East is still number one. Cheyenne Central, second. Riverton, third. Star Valley, fourth. And Thunder Basin, fifth. Douglas remains number one in 3A, followed by Warland, Lander, Powell, and Lyman. Tongue River remains number one in 2A, with Pine Bluffs, two. Bighorn, three. Wind River, four. And Grable, five. And in 1A, Saratoga is still number one, followed by Burlington, Southeast, Cokeville, and Little Snake River. High school basketball tonight. Laramie will be at Cheyenne East, and boys and girls play at 6 and 730. Cheyenne South will play uh, Cheyenne Central, and boys and girls play over the story. Gym at 6 and 7.30. KC will be at Midwest and boys and girls play at 5.30 and 7. That's it in sports.
1: I don't know how you keep up with all this here. uh, Neither do I. Sports reporters on the national level, hey, Steve, you're going to cover football and that's it. That's all he does. You have all of these different teams and all of these different schools and different divisions. I don't know how you do this. You know what? I I live on
6: diesel chicken.
1: (laughs) Oh, was that what that is? Yeah. You know, you have a
6: little bit of that. It, It is like... I could see. Boundless energy. Next to some
1: oil rig out there in Wyoming, I could see some diesel fried chicken going over really well with those workers because their fingers are sort of covered with petroleum anyway. So, finger licking good makes sense in that case, right? So, we
6: can have diesel
1: chicken and then 10W40 chicken. Exactly, you see? And they wouldn't know the difference because everything tastes like that with their hands. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Glad we had this discussion. All right, so next hour of the program is open phones all the way. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, Eight 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 ninety seven woods Wake Up Wyoming. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's open phones at this point. So, 888 97 was his number. That's 888 97 W O O D S. Covered a lot this morning. I mean, a lot. And that includes the governor being on this morning and a discussion from a member of the Wyoming House of Representatives on a bill that would repeal gun free zones for things like libraries, schools, city hall, stuff like that. If you didn't miss those interviews, oh, and also. A Dr. John Mansell, first guest this morning, he's testifying against Medicaid expansion in the state of Wyoming. He's a doctor, and it's, it's a bad idea, and he lays out why. Those interviews, you didn't miss them. You can go back anytime you want. Wake Up Wyoming app, touch on, as soon as the show's over, give it a minute or two, it becomes a podcast. Okay, so you use the app, touch on demand, select today's episode, and so many things are gone from there, like uh, a lot of the news, a lot of the commercials, to condense the show. And you can pause it and listen when you want. So you can always catch up on programs that you missed at your convenience.
4: Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate.
1: This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves, they call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. see, a couple of messages I got. Another way to contact me is use your Wake Up Wyoming app. Top right corner, up there, you'll see these little word bubbles? Touch that, that's chat. And you can always drop me text messages, pictures, links. You're basically texting me, and I have a window over here open on a computer screen where I can see what people are saying to me. So True Dog is from Cheyenne. I was talking with Frank about there's in Texas an old roadside restaurant that has written on on its sign. It's closed now, but diesel fried chicken. Diesel fried chicken? That's what, diesel fried chicken. True Dog in Cheyenne says, food served in the Aft Chow Hall, USS Kitty Hawk, in the early 80s, tasted a bit like JP5 jet fuel. So maybe the guy who's serving diesel fuel, I mean, maybe he's like a, a, a Navy guy or something. Somebody who works in the oil industry and is used to the taste of diesel with his chicken. I don't know. So I was also talking about the incandescent bulb. It was George W. Bush who said the incandescent bulb needs to go away. And so he wrote basically an executive order that became... Uh, it, it went through the bureaucracy. So it became a rule, not a law passed by Congress to get rid of the incandescent bulb. So that's going to happen this year. Now, it was delayed for a while. And much like Obamacare, at one point, we had given the Republicans the House, the Senate, and the presidency and handed them a list of things to repeal. One of them is the incandescent bulb ban. Well, they couldn't even do that. So at some point, you won't be able to buy an incandescent bulb here in America. All right, so on that note, Buck, who's in Casper. Great, Glenn, another way for the government to screw rural Americans. Now, what he has to say here is interesting. He says a lot of us use the incandescent bulbs in our well houses to prevent pipes from freezing. Believe it or not, they can put off enough heat to raise the temperature in your well house and prevent you from using a space heater all the time. Okay, that's a good point. So they have lights in there for a reason, so you know, you can see, but also those lights give off just enough heat to keep the pipes from freezing. Nice. So now you're gonna have to have both a light bulb in there and a space heater in there so you can both see and keep the pipes warm. Okay. Well, that's energy efficient. That solves the whole global warming problem, right? Okay. Well, and I have heard people before using incandescent bulbs to heat things. In fact, one of them, there are some places that have had the old-fashioned, let's call it an incandescent bulb, for traffic lights. And then they decided to switch to LEDs. Problem, wintertime rolls around and snow starts to blow. And it fills up the traffic lights that have LEDs. See, because the old style lights are warm and it melts the snow and ice away, so you can always see those lights. But the newer ones are not warm at all, and so they just fill up with snow. Some cities, depending on how much snow they get, have actually had those problems. We're talking about places that really get a lot of snow, and they've had those problems. They had to go back to the old style bulbs for that reason. All right, right, Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Uh, just a side note for you, for those who watched the television series Lion King. Remember Carol Bastian? Apparently, the Lion King kept saying that she killed her husband. Okay. Carol Baskin's dead husband is allegedly alive, says the story in front of me. Tiger King, star Carol Baskin and she was not a star by choice. Husband Don Lewis was allegedly found alive in Costa Rica years ago according to a 2021 interview. And now apparently there's new evidence of this. Is basically the story. So I just wanted to mention that keep an eye on that one because that for those people who followed Tiger King, I thought that was just interesting weird And funny. Okay. Now, here's one that's going to... For those of you um, who had a problem with the last presidential election, in fact, even the last midterm election, this is going to make you scream. So I'm going to toss this out to you here just just to mention it to you. I know it's going to drive you a little nuts. You were warned. Ready? I'm going to go to California. In California, 10.8 million... Mail-in ballots, unaccounted for. Interesting, huh? More than 10.8 million mail-in ballots went unaccounted for in California's midterm election last year, according to data published by the Public Interest Legal Foundation. In 2022, California election officials mailed out about 22.1 million ballots to registered voters. Of those, about 10.8 million went unaccounted for, As researchers said, election officials can only make assumptions as to what happened to those ballots. Quote, typically, when a polling place opens and closes, there is an account of all election materials. Significant issues arise when incidents occur, such as ballots disappearing at a poll's closing time. With mass mail elections, problems accumulate, they said. Meanwhile, more than uh, uh, 226,000 mail-in ballots were rejected in the 2022 primary and general midterm elections in California, including more than 120,000 mail-in ballots that were thrown out in the general election. Data published finds that more than 800 mail-in ballots were rejected after California election officials discovered the person who cast them had already voted. Now, it's not saying one person, you know, well... Yeah, I, we're not talking one person doing like 100,000 ballots, but still, multiple ballots done by one person. Likewise, more than 57,000 mail-in ballots were rejected for arriving late, nearly 48,000 for not having a matching signature, 12,000 for having no signature, and 660 for refusing to provide identification. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it's just a better idea just to show up in person and vote. Just tossing that out there. 915, Wake Up Wyoming.
0: It matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-Woods and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2
1: Radio. 921's the time. Wake Up Wyoming. All right, triple 97 What's the phone number? That's 97 W O O D S. Or use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Chat is at the right top right hand corner of the app. When you open it up, you'll see those little word bubbles. That's the chat option to send me a text message. I haven't talked about this in a while, but it's come up again from Cowboy State Daily. Legislators discussing resolution to reopen horse slaughterhouses. Last time I did this is a few years ago. God bless that woman. I really liked her. And rest her soul, Representative Sue Wallace. And there were people who were calling her Slaughterhouse Sue because she had worked on legislation to open up slaughterhouses in the state of Wyoming. And, of course, some animal rights activists really didn't like that. But, uh, yeah, there's many places around the world they still eat horse. Hang on. I'll get to that. Jess is in Colorado. Morning, Jess
10: good morning glenn i'll probably be the first person you've ever talked to from julesford colorado just about the very northeast corner of colorado
1: okay i think you are now i'm gonna have to look that up and see where you're at
10: yes well howdy partner i sure enjoyed uh talk uh, listening to you and now i finally got your number to where i can call you and pester you
1: feel free to harass me all you want and make sure that you pester miss mary for a good long time before yeah, you ask I to did. come through she's yeah, okay. a great gal okay. she is yeah kudos yeah. to her <laughs> yeah.
10: um you know uh, they talk about uh, you know the lady that's a spokesperson for the white house yeah. uh i yeah. don't take the time to learn her name and I everything because yeah. i just uh It's bad enough for me to glimpse her every once in a while and when she talked. And I thought it was really funny how she's criticizing Florida and Texas and any other states that send the illegal immigrants to uh, New York and Washington, D.C. And that's what the government's been doing. The only difference from what I understand, they use airplanes to fly them in the middle of the night.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they have been. Talk
10: about... uh, Well, now you bring up
1: a really good uh, point. Okay, so... Here is the federal government, we've been complaining about this for quite a while, loading up illegals on airplanes and flying them to even small towns close to where you are, just all over the place, busing them, flying yeah. them in in the middle of the night. So no, they just people just wake up one day, and there's these extra people in their town, and they weren't told anything about it. That apparently is okay. But yeah. if we go ahead and load up a bus full of people <laughs> and send them to a major city, that's just pure evil, isn't it?
10: Yeah. It's kind of the difference between Republicans and Democrats, what they can get away with and what we're not allowed to do. Right, yeah. yeah. It, I'm glad to see that it turns around and uh, the worm turns every once in a while. Every
1: once in a while. All right, now I'm going to go look up your town. All right. Thank you, Jess. I appreciate okay. you. Well, Jess in Colorado. Now here is Mike and Cheyenne. Morning, Mike. Morning. Yes, sir. See, hey, I was
3: going to wonder if you're eating that diesel chicken if you have to drink any of that diesel exhaust
1: fluid so you're... Well, I don't know, okay, I would think that diesel chicken goes well with castor oil. <laughs> I just
3: wondering if you were to fart, though, if you use yeah. diesel exhaust fluid, <laughs> it would lower your emissions.
1: Probably. I would say, yes, it, you have lower CO2 emissions, I would think, anyway. But I know for sure when you get done eating this meal, you are not going to be anything but clean inside and out. <laughs>
10: exactly. Um, and then in, in Wyoming, we probably need to have number one diesel
1: chicken. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <A little laughs> truck drivers <laughs> will love it. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate right. it. Now, there was a sign for those who didn't understand that conversation. There's an old, a tiny little roadside restaurant closed up for quite a while and it has a sign on there diesel chicken. That's like that's something that they made and served diesel chicken. What exactly goes with that? I would think I just made that up. You would wash it down with castor oil. Mike and Casper. Morning, Mike. Let me try that. Hang on a second, Mike. Are you there? Yeah. Thank you, sir. What you got for me?
10: Uh, I was heard on Gutfield. I think it was on Monday. They said that they're supposed to get rid of it. They dedicated a whole segment, like 10 minutes of their show, to Wyoming. Go, wow, we're on TV. Wyoming. They're uh, talking about icing out the uh, electric cars. Oh, I okay. Guess our so, to California.
1: Yes. Now, I watched that gentleman who introduced the uh, legislation being interviewed. So, what that's about is it was never a meant to be a law; it's a resolution to say that hey, we're going to yeah. ban the electric vehicle, but it's not a binding law in any way. And his idea was to pass it and then mail that to the governor of California and President Biden.
10: Well, it sounds good, but anyway, he had a weird name too. That was part of the thing too. I can't—I don't know why you say it on the air or not, but they were making fun of his name. So, oh yeah, I, I
1: know what you mean by his name. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people were making fun of his name, and he should go ahead and, and well, change it. He ain't
10: the first one, so They had another uh, one, same name. They made fun of a few years back. Well,
1: it's kind of like a remember the song "A Boy Named Sue." So I bet you yeah. our representative in Wyoming grew up having to fight. Don't mess with him.
10: He looked pretty tough, <laughs> yeah, redhead,
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. thanks for calling. I appreciate it. No, I'm not gonna repeat the guy's name on here. You can just go ahead and look it up yourself, but uh, yeah, it was one of those names where people are listening to it going, really, that's his name. The hell why would it he... what it's a name that when maybe some years ago, like decades, decades, generations ago, would have been a perfectly innocent name. But when you get into the modern era, Suddenly, that word no longer is as innocent. And so you go through life with a name that people make fun of. If you know the song, A Boy Named Sue, then you know what I'm talking about. He was named Sue by his father, so he would have to fight and end up growing up to be a tough guy, which is what happened. Okay, to handle a herd of of growing herds of Mustangs in Wyoming... Wyoming and Cross America West, a resolution being considered by Wyoming legislators to reopen American horse slaughterhouses so the meat can be shipped to places where people eat it. Now, the last time I had a discussion like this was quite some years ago, and there were some people who were really upset that you would eat horse. You would be surprised if you went to many European countries and walked into just a butcher shop. You would see along with all the other different kinds of meat, you would see horse meat in there as well. Americans, uh, on the whole, tend to feel different about that. Story says slaughter is a particularly humane way to deal with excess alien, wild, domestic horses, and just too many wild horses out there, and especially in places like the state of Wyoming, where we have some herds out there that are big herds. House Joint Resolution 3 contends wild horse management, has been insufficient, and Wyoming and other western states have too many Mustangs, which are out-competing native wildlife in their habitat, so not good to have that many horses out there. They want to thin the herd. That's one possibility, is what they're saying. Alright, great call, guys. Thanks for that. i got more time for more phone calls right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. Then it's you and me again. 888 woods That's 888 woods Or... You can do this if you go to the Wake Up Wyoming app, top right-hand corner. You see those little word bubbles? Okay, use that. Touch and send me a text like, "Well, Whisper in Platte Rapids, Wyoming." LED drivers put out uh, put off heat, even if the LED itself does not. Okay, yeah, but not as much as the incandescent, though, right? I'll have to check into that. Wake Up Wyoming.
0: And bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2
1: Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time. Wake Up Wyoming. Triple ninety-seven. Woods. The phone number. Eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. So uh, here's a good one. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy officially ends proxy voting. Well, um, I would like these people to have to be there in person, and everybody knows exactly how they voted because it's public information. House Republicans have officially ended the practice of proxy voting, which established during the COVID thing to permit lawmakers to vote without actually being present in person. So now you have to be there on record. Good. Now, moving on. (sighs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) You're not going to. Well, you will believe this. I'm not to say you're not going to believe this. No, no, you're going to believe this. The insanity that's out there. BBC is wondering if eating plants is ethical or murder. Yeah. Do you know that according to the Swiss Federal Ethics Committee on Non-Human Biotechnology, plants have basic rights? Yes, they do. And a piece from The Guardian and BBC radio program have a point. Many scientists are arguing that plants are intelligent and have emotions and at least have some philosophers believing they have rights, even like people have rights. Well, feed me, Seymour. If you know that movie, then you know there's at least one plant. You better eat it before it eats you. But okay, so what are we supposed to eat then at that point? What's left? Can't eat meat. That's cruel. That's unethical. Now killing plants, same thing. Even picking flowers is unnecessary harm. How dare you get your woman flowers? Why you, you evil? Oh, doing all of that harm to those flowers just to make your woman happy, so you can get lucky. Oh, you flower murderer! You, if you are starting to. Polish your vocabulary. Uh, Okay, I have some upsetting news from Radio 4 program called Is Eating Plants Wrong? Plants, explained, can sense the world around them, learn, remember, engage in complex communications with other species. Research suggests they can learn to associate with the light and they can choose to grow in particular direction as a result they can also eavesdrop on each other and protect themselves etc 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 that shows some kind of intelligence right how dare you go out and have one of those were you going to have a salad today because of some new year's resolution yeah but you can't eat meat because if you go and eat meat that's evil and what are we supposed to do Okay, so you might think, fine, I'll just go eat dirt. Yeah, but if you go take a look at what's in dirt, you're going to find that there's microbes and stuff living in there. And so now that's going to be evil and cruel. Don't you dare eat microbes. Don't even think about it. And at some point, somebody's gonna say, if if they haven't said it already, that eating plants is racist or something like that. For the people who believe all of this nonsense, then I tell you what, I want you to show me, just like the cult of climate change, I don't believe that they believe anything that they say because look at how they live. So if you honestly believe this, then I want you to stop eating everything. Now, unfortunately, this means you're going to starve to death But I want to see how committed you are to your beliefs. You go right ahead and starve to death. And we'll see if you're that committed. In the meantime, though, I'm looking at what the BBC is doing here with these uh, programs they have on, asking questions like this. And I'm wondering, is it just because they ran out of things to talk about? That's probably what's going on here. They just completely ran out of things to talk about, and this is what they have left. One more for you. Here, State of Wyoming. One legislator wants to reduce what solar customers are paid for excess electricity. Senator Kale Case, Republican Lander, introduced a Bill Wyoming legislator that would repeal net metering, which allows people to produce excess electricity and sell it to the electric companies. Senate File 92 would make it so no utility would be obligated to compensate any customer. Okay. Okay. I would have to take a look at exactly what is in the bill, but as far as I'm concerned, if you, if you do have solar panels on your roof or your own home wind turbine and you are producing excess electricity, if you can make an agreement with the utility company and they want to buy it and you want to sell it, then fine. But it's got to be a mutual agreement. Nobody should be forced to do anything or told that they're not allowed to do anything. So I'm going to have to actually dig into this piece of legislation and see exactly what he's talking about here. But it really comes to down to, hey, um, quit telling me what I can and can't do with my own stuff. 942s is the times. Wake up, Wyoming.
0: In paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio.
1: 9.47 to time. Wake Up, Wyoming. Off we go back to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, did you ever get over all of your childhood phobias? We all have. No. I I
6: couldn't tie my shoes.
1: Okay. Well, that's not a phobia. That's just... Oh, okay. I
6: Let's see. I've had had a bunch.
1: Legs hanging off over the edge of the bed while you're sleeping or your arm.
6: No, usually legs hanging over the roof that you happen to be sitting on. Yeah,
1: that would be bad. Yeah, okay. Did you have to sleep with all of the covers up or are like covers like some magical thing that keep the monster under the bed away?
6: No, but I do that now.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Let me see here. Um, no no, that's a that's a bad one there. Uh, some kids were afraid of balloons. That just why no. would you be afraid of balloons? Oh, I was okay. always I've always been afraid of bridges. Really? What where's the bridge phobia come in? I
6: don't know. I um to be honest with you, the one that got me the most was the Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That you saw this thing coming from miles away, it's huge. I'm like, uh, we got to cross that, and I go well. Oh wait, so is,
1: it, is this one of these really big, tall, high bridges? Oh,
6: oh yeah, right over the Mississippi. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I'm like, um,
1: okay, so that's more of an adult fear because you just want to go up that high.
6: I um, just, I just don't want to be over the the water on something that's. That high.
1: I see. No, I I completely understand, especially because having grown up in Florida, there was that Tampa Bay Bridge that fell down (laughs) some time ago. Oh, didn't didn't a barge run into it or something? Yes, and it just knocked it down. Okay, fear of the dark. You ever get over that? No. Mm, Okay.
6: I I still have a nightlight. At a
1: very young age, that did bother me, but then at some point I said to myself, I'm too old for this, and I got over it. So it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, you ever have a fear of clowns?
6: No, clowns. Okay. Used, you know, the movies have made clowns creepy. Right. Then once the movies made clowns creepy, then other people dressed up as clowns to be creepy. Okay. But they weren't creepy when I was a kid.
1: Okay. Um, do you still freak out when you got to get a shot from a doctor?
6: No, not as you, not as, not be like before. Okay. You know, these I think nowadays the needles
1: are shorter. Right.
6: You know, like when you were a kid, that needle's about two feet long. And the doctors you know, tend to be like, faster. Like, like a jackhammer.
1: Yeah, the doctors tend to be faster these days, yeah, too. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, much better. Yes. Uh, fear of certain bugs like spiders and other yeah, yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. smash them. Okay, uh, let me see. Oh, you ever have a fear of flying? No, oh, I, I, like, I like flying. I was always excited to go flying. Yeah, me too, so, okay. yeah. Uh, let me see. Everyone, uh, if, uh, that that's a good one here. Uh, fear of crowds, being in a crowd. Nope, nope. I okay. always,
6: always, here, always like, like a lot of
1: people. Here's what got me, though. See, I don't like if I'm in a room. I don't have a phobia. But if I'm in the middle of a room full of people, I just don't like it, right? But if I am up on stage talking to a group of people, I You're am okay. very much at home, yeah. So you have a little bit more space. Sure, and that comes that also the fear of public speaking, which obviously you don't have. I, or do you? I,
6: I, no. Well, you're yeah. always a little bit nervous. Okay.
1: So in other words... Always. Now you're public speaking, but you're down the hallway in your own little room. Right, yeah. But if you're up in front of an audience... It's much
6: different with people actually looking uh, at you.
1: Now, okay. like, like if you're yeah. on TV, all you're looking at is
6: the camera. People aren't really... I mean, there's nobody in the room but you and like two other people.
1: Okay. So it's
6: not like you're being stared at. But then again, in fact you're being stared at, Right. Which you can't see them.
1: Right, yeah. That's where you end up having that dream of uh, being up on stage in your underwear. Oh, okay. And everybody's looking at you, which I've never had that one I'm glad. So. Oh,
6: thank goodness. High school basketball tonight. Laramie will be at Cheyenne East and boys and girls play at 6 and 7.30. Cheyenne South will play Cheyenne Central and boys and girls play at the Story Gym at 6 and 7.30. KC will be at Midwest and boys and girls play tonight at 5, 30 and 7. This is all provided the roads are okay. And our latest Wild Prevs high school basketball poll is out in 4A girls. Cody remains number one, Cheyenne East two, Laramie three, Campbell County four, and Cheyenne Central five. In 3A girls, Douglas remains number one, followed by Buffalo, Mountain View, Newcastle, and Lyman. In 2A, Wyoming Indian remains number one, followed by Rocky Mountain, Tongue River, Kemmerer, and Lingle. And in 1A girls, Southeast one, Burlington two, Upton three, Cokeville four, and Riverside five. In 4A boys, Cheyenne East still rated number one, Cheyenne Central second, Riverton third, Star Valley fourth, and Thunder Basin fifth. Douglas remains number one in 3A, followed by Worland, Lander, Powell, and Lyman. Tongue River remains number one in 2A. Pine Bluffs, Two Bighorn, Three Wind River, Four Grable, Five, and in 1A, Saratoga is still number one, followed by Burlington, Southeast, Cokeville, and Little Snake River. Women's college basketball: The Wyoming Cowboys with an enormous game tonight. They'll take on UNLV and Larry. The Rebels are 17 and two overall. They're seven and zero in Mountain West Conference play and beat Wyoming 73-67 back on December the 29th. That's UW's only conference loss with five wins. So they have an overall record of 12-5. and That'll be a 6.30 start from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie tonight. The National Football League playoffs will roll along this weekend. The big game from Wyoming's point of view will have former Wyoming Cowboy teammates Logan Wilson and Josh Allen meeting up as Cincinnati will travel to Buffalo. Allen is having a solid season as the quarterback of the Bills, even though he had some iffy moments in their playoff win over Miami last week uh, in the playoffs. Logan Wilson has been solid at that middle linebacker spot for the Bengals and made a huge play in their win over Baltimore last week in the playoffs. The Ravens were on the two-yard line in the fourth quarter, and quarterback Tyler Huntley tried to sneak that ball into the end zone only to have the ball punched out by Wilson and then return for a touchdown by Sam Hover. It was an unreal play, and Wilson says, hey, that's what we do, but he also kind of saw it coming.
9: I mean I knew based on like how far he was away from the goal line that if if it was a, it was a sneak formation that if he, he was at there was a lot of space that he had to reach to get it across the goal line and so it was gonna be time for me to punch the ball out. Um, and I was just able to do that.
6: Cincinnati's thirteen and four, Buffalo fourteen and three. That is a one PM start on Sunday. The Bills are currently a five point favorite in the game and that's it in sports.
1: When did they announce things like who's gonna play the you know the, the halftime at the Super Bowl?
6: Oh is this, is, it, um, is it Beyonce? Oh, I it, think they 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 they, they already announced all. Yeah, they, they do that almost a year in advance.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. A year. In, so that gives yeah. these people a year to put their show together. Pretty,
6: pretty much, yeah. yeah.
1: Which seeing just what halftime shows I have seen, they can be complicated enough. They just about to need a year's worth of rehearsal.
6: Oh, and this last one, I, I go. Can can these things get any bigger?
1: Yeah. yeah The idea we better outdo last year's, just stop. Oh, Just don't even worry about it. Just do a good show. Then
6: halftime would be an hour.
1: Oh, dear Lord. Hey, why don't we just have a television program called the Halftime Show? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that way we can just forget the football game, and it's just, it would probably go over really well. Yeah, or just the people who want to watch football, watch football. There you go. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that, national, local. Update on your weather forecast. Don't worry, this program becomes a podcast. If you missed any of it at all, you can go to your Wake Up Wyoming app, touch on demand, touch the episode that you want, listen on your schedule for free. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
11: At my